You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the Anfield app on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Paul Senior, Philippa Smallwood and John Milburn with you until half past seven. If you are listening to us through the medium of radio, if it's a podcast, I don't know what time you start. Uh, that's down to you. You've got to manage your own expectations on this. Uh, but we are with you until half past seven, Liverpool. Uh, the night before the 4,733rd Merseyside derby. I've never understood why the Merseyside derby always gets its number, to be honest with you. But it does. Uh, people love to give it its number. It's the sort of thing that commentators love to say. I've got no idea what number it is. I think it's about 220. Uh, someone said to me recently, I quite like to see the thousand. I said, there's, no, there's only been 220 since 1892. There's no, <laughs> you've got no chance of seeing the thousandth. Uh, but, you know, mortality comes to us all, especially on Derby weekend. Liverpool haven't lost at home for 17 years. Uh, they also uh, haven't lost a derby since 2010. At some point, Everton win a derby, but not this weekend. To talk to me about that, as I said before, I've got Paul Philippa and Johnny. But before then, there was the war chest talk. Excuse me, the war chest talk this week. Uh, Paul Senior, the war chest. Um, there's always <coughs> cynicism around the war chest. Yeah, the, the war chest normally gets leaked the week that the uh, season ticket renewal letters come out as well, don't they? Do you that? really think that's a thing? Do you think they're sitting around, <laughs> honestly, do you think they're sitting around going, yeah, the season I, ticket I letters are going out, we've got to leak this? Yeah. Because, because there's, a, there's a wait list of God knows how many. Yeah, but I think they, you've got to, you've got to get people excited for the next season. Do I think they do it all the time? No, I, no, I don't, I don't think they have to at Liverpool. Some clubs maybe, yeah. So I think that's where the cynicism around the whole thing comes. Liverpool, may, maybe not so much, but, that sounds a big as you know, we have got a, what is it, 20,000 waiting list or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, we're not, um, you know, we're not, we're not sure to take us for them seats. I, I genuinely do think Liverpool will, will go uh, big this summer. I think I said in shows uh, towards uh, the end of the last transfer window, I, I felt like Liverpool was saving up, yeah. you know, um, for this summer. I think they were hoping that they could somehow do... Champions League, have a year, a good year under Klopp, sort of get themselves back in there, and they go bang, bang, bang. There you go. We're here with a couple of bits of quality. You know, Liverpool wanted to spend more money than they spent last summer. Um, couldn't for you know, deal players went elsewhere. Deals didn't quite get done. So yeah, I, I honestly think that there is going to be a war chest. What that I mean, 
what, what our war chest could be could be a hundred million quid, and you know, Man United go and buy one player for that. You know, that that that's the danger. But if the war chest is that Liverpool want to go and buy three fifty million pound players, then looking forward to it. Um, Paul Joyce is the real deal, Philip, but it's important to say that. So he's, it's 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 a real thing if Paul's printing it in that Paul very much believes it. He wouldn't he wouldn't just print any old rubbish. He's very very conscientious when it comes to Liverpool reporting, and there's. As Paul says, it actually Paul Paul Senior says it actually makes sense in the context of the fact that they didn't they didn't they broke even last summer. Broadly speaking, it makes sense within we're now a distance away from when there was the financial fair play slap on the resist, wrists that the club got that the moment could could be coming together, but it's not clear yet what the biggest ever spend actually gets you. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, I think I, I've said previously that I, I honestly think that we will spend massive this summer. I think we'll spend over a hundred million pound net. Um, even when we take into account the sales that we might have. Um, and personally, I wouldn't actually get rid of too many players because I think I think if you make too many changes, you're kind of back to square one again of trying to get your players working in the system that Klopp wants them to. So I think the nucleus is all there. It's, it's literally um, getting some quality players in. This is important, Johnny, isn't it? You know, for instance, I think the most we've ever spent in a summer, I think, is the summer when Suarez was sold. So the point about this is that if it is the biggest ever spend, it can't really be because a current starting player is leaving because that could... Not even just the idea of whatever the quality of that player is, but as Philippa says, this whoever that is now has got the best part of two seasons working with Klopp. If they're currently starting, it means that he obviously rates them. And consistency in terms of quality that we already have is very important. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think there was there two summers back-to-back where I think we we had eight or nine in, which which is too many. And uh, Tony Tony Barrett and I had a conversation about that, and he's saying if you've if you have in that level of turnover, you've it's a symbol that the buying's not gone so well in the previous season. Mm. And I think um, I don't think we're in that situation where we've we bought badly. But I I, I made the note. I've, I can conceivably see. 11, 12 players being sold this year. Really? Not, not first team players. Uh, I wrote down Moreno, Kev yeah. Stewart, Lever, Ojo, potentially Ings, Sturridge, uh, uh, Brannigan, Flanagan, Sacco, Lazar. And that could, your, your point is that that adds up. Yeah, that adds up. That, 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 could, that could bring in as north of £100 million. That, that, that's that type of business. And yeah, so, you, you, you'd imagine you get your money back on the likes of Moreno. You, you know, mm. at least because the market, because of the market, yeah. not not necessarily because of what, where he is as a footballer, but just because you know, who, if a ten million pound, twenty what, twenty three, twenty four year olds cap for Spain, and you know, left back is knocking around, someone will take a punt on him. Yeah. Whether that's either you know, if we sell him back to Spain, you may not get the same amount of money, but if a Premier League side comes in for him. Ten million pounds, short change. Yeah. Well, that, but that's the point, isn't it, Johnny? In that, what does that actually? So, when you use the phrase like "biggest ever spend," what does that now sort of get you? If that, and that's where that's that we, well, it will obviously remain to be seen over the course of the summer. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit of a narc. I'm a bit of a cynic about these things, and I think uh, and I've said on previous shows, I get in, in, incredibly grumpy when Liverpool aren't competing for the best players, and I know there's lots of mitigation around that, and. The Dembele to uh, to Dortmund um, transfer was an example where mm. money wasn't the only factor, and so I completely I completely understand that. And I think if if I interpret Liverpool's words correctly, and let's imagine Philip is right, we're going to unload 80, 90 million pounds worth of talent potentially, and we've got a hundred million in the war chest that that goes on top of. Then, for me, 
I, I would be, instead of making wholesale changes and changing six or seven players in this squad, I'd love to go out and buy a, buy a handful of, like maybe two or three players north north of 50 million. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and really make a, I've said before again on, on other shows where we, when, when Liverpool went close in, in 14, you look at that team, you have Gerrard, Sterling, Suarez, Coutinho, um, um, uh, and I've missed some, five players who would walk into any of the, any of the top teams in Europe. And, and I think we've replaced those players as they've gone badly. Sterling's not, not been replaced with the players of similar calibre. The Suarez money was spread rather than put into similar investments. And I know it's difficult for Liverpool to make those acquisitions, but if, if this is a summer of statements, which is what Joycey appears to be, to be um, been briefed, that, that, that this is a summer where we, we recognise that we can't always find the back door, then I'd love to find us, have some real star quality in the team again. I think the thing for me is in, in the, when, when we let Suarez go and we spend that money, and like you say, we didn't spend it particularly well um, at the time, to me, when when we had Rodgers in charge, and this is, I thought Rodgers did a great job for us in that season, but he didn't have the pulling power that somebody like Klopp will have. So if you ask me, if if we, if Rodgers was still in charge and we were saying, right, we're going to go out and spend 50, 60 million pounds on a player, I think we'd still struggle to attract the top players to come to Liverpool. But with Klopp in charge, I think that that kind of like changes things a little bit and players will go, actually, you know, I do want to go and work for him and but that's also why the Champions League's important, Paul. Yeah, as much as I think Klopp is a motivation, um, I think Champions League's more, and that's mm. it's horrible to say because he he's our, our trump card, wasn't he? Um, and I don't think we've really used it. To, to be honest with you, I think we'd have got Sadio Mane if we wanted him. We'd have got Genie Wijnaldum if you wanted him. You know, you were in the conversation for Gerta. We did, well, and, we, and we didn't get him for for you know. Dortmund was the club, the club he was at, whatever. He wanted them, he never got them. Um, Matip might be a, 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 a maybe. player of the Trump card. Yeah, and, and do, do you know what? And, and, in, in retrospect, it doesn't look like, but maybe Karius as well. Um, what, what I'm saying is, I think you put the two together, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. I think a Champions League football, Jürgen Klopp side. Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool obviously are... A, no, I, think this, I think this is massive for us. I think it's important to we, sort We of, play that down. I think we're guilty of playing the fact yeah, that... Yeah, yeah. You know, but, Come play Champions League football under this manager who wins all these big games in front of this crowd under the lights next yes. season. Come and enjoy that. Come on out. Come and enjoy that thing yes. where you'll feel you'll feel 10 foot tall every single time you go on the pitch. Not just because of this fellow, but because of these 55,000 idiots and everything that's going on all over the world. But, you know, Man United with, with, with a perfect sort of model for that where you can go, well, actually, take a season out and then we'll put a guarantee in that we'll be there next year Klopp's maybe had that conversation with, but what's happened is the danger is is that you know I wouldn't say Man United are the favourites to finish in the top four um, so you, the, their best hope is, is now by winning the Europa League what I'm saying is th- through the league you think Paul Pogba and Zlatan are thinking okay we might not play Champions League this year but, but I'm Paul Pogba and he's Zlatan together I think like I think the likelihood is we'll be playing it next season doesn't always work that way as the season's shown so it's a short career for footballers so they need that guarantee and that's why I'm saying Champions League is the big pull and power you know um, so if we've got if we've got both and all the, all the nice things we've just spoken about them you know why, who can't we get? OK, more on this uh, after the break. Uh, working through that also, whether or not we're stuck with the cynicism and how this weekend shows 
how straightforward it is in a few senses for Liverpool to improve, uh, given the uh, the likely likelihood of the bench. All that to come. Uh, but this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk, uh, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Anfield Wrap, Paul Senior, Philippa Smallwood, and Johnny Milburn with us until half past seven uh, this this evening. Uh, cynicism, then, Johnny. You said before on that you you feel as though you can be a bit cynical. Uh, about about what happens at the club, and you know that that's the season ticket renewal shout for me. I just can't see it, but there's always that sort of shout, and it feels to me like we're stuck with cynicism until there's a league title in the back. Uh, absolutely, that's what my cynicism's clearly born born out of. I'm, uh, this isn't my first rodeo, and I've been through, <laughs> I've been through enough seasons where I've been able to convince myself that that, that Liverpool will uh, will turn this around. I, I will be. Um, at least 44 years of age next time Liverpool win a league. That's, that's my age next season. I was 16 last time we won. So I've seen my whole adult life has been spent uh, pursuing this particular unicorn. And so uh, I think I've earned the right to be a little bit cynical. And, and until um, until until we, 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 we are in a situation where um, we've got that number 19, I'm going to continue to be very, very cynical and challenge the club on almost every decision they make. It's the problem that the club that's what the club are up against Philip, and I think people are just gonna are gonna want to see, you know, want uh, that. In one sense, it probably does the red in, but the other sense, people just want Liverpool to be the best version of a football club it possibly can be in every single aspect, and it's maybe something that should be embraced. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think we're always going to question the owners until until we get that that league title, and it's something that. I mean, I've I've been going now like 13, 14 years to Anfield and it feels like we've only ever come close twice, I think. And I do think the owners have been a little bit unlucky. I think the season with Rodgers, maybe we we punched above our weight a little bit, but I think they were unlucky that, that we missed out there. And then last year, you know, we, we almost got a couple of trophies in the bag. So I can understand the cynicism, but then on the other hand, you know, just a, a couple of, Results go in a certain way, and it could have been very different for these owners as well. Um, the weekend uh, and the look of the likely Liverpool side for the weekend, Paul, it tells its own little story, really. That effectively Liverpool have got two two very good midfielders out, two midfielders who could could make a straight faced argument they've been the best at what they do in the Premier League this season yeah. in Henderson and Milana. They could, whether right or wrong, they're in that conversation. Mm. So it is two, but it is, on the other hand, it is only two midfielders out. And now we're talking about maybe having to use Lucas there, drop Coutinho back in. And then that opens up the idea of whether or not, you know, there's people making, there's grown men making arguments for Ben Woodburn to start this game. I'll come on to that in a little while. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. But he's a 17 year old. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, it just shows, you know, that, that's just two injuries to all intents and purposes, mm. if you know what I mean. And and there's still the, the storage muddies the waters a little bit, but it just shows, firstly, how where Liverpool need to improve, but also secondly, how straightforward it should be. That's my thing. My thing is this also feels a bit straightforward this summer. Yeah, uh, the, well, yeah. In terms of um, straightforwardness, there's obvious voids that need filling. Um, you know, I think most Liverpool fans want you know centre half, centre midfielder, striker, and maybe a little bit of cover on the sides. And I know we we will buy a first eleven player to play as a wide forward. That's that's a given, I'd imagine. Um, in terms of this weekend, um, yeah, I don't think two midfielder injuries should be meaning that we need to play a lad that we condemn to centre back, <laughs> back in his, his position that he played three or four years ago. So yeah, Lucas, I, I think Lucas will start. To be honest with you, I, I don't think he wanted to stay the front three. Um, 
I can see the argument for Coutinho going into the midfield, but I don't really, I don't really fancy Origi. Um, truth be told. Um, so yeah, I would leave, I'd leave the front three as it is. I think Lucas in the derby. If I was picking any game for Lucas to play, probably be a derby. Um, t- you know, ten years experience of them against lads like Tom Davis. I think tremendous footballer, but. You know, it's his first. Is it his first derby to yeah, play in the other one? Yeah, I think no, it's, wasn't he, it wasn't near it. Yeah, so I think this is the <clears> first experience of a derby. You know, I don't know if the likes of Luckman or the lad. Sorry, I don't know the lad with the double-barrelled name. Um, Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin. Um, whether they'll get a look in with the injuries Everton have got the weekend. So his experience for me, welcome. Um, and you know, with Alderman Chan, I, I think Chance in, in a decent little run of form if he plays in the. He'll probably be moved, won't he? So Lucas will play the six, and he might play the eight or something like that. It feels like in all this, Johnny. Before we get on to literally the, the, the team for the derby, it feels like in all this, there's a bit of a like, there's a bit of a what's at the heart of not just those who are owning the club, but also what's at the heart of the Liverpool manager. So I use Woodburn as an example, which is that I'm all for exciting youngsters being number eighteen. If you know what I mean, you've got your first eleven, then you've got your bench, and number eighteen on the bench, the last man on the bench. I'm all for that, but they can't be number twelve. If the manager does want to increase the strength in depth, then it means it's gonna it should be harder next season for the exciting youngster to get on the pitch. Mm. But the manager's very committed to the idea of that he's here to develop young players, that he's here to develop footballers as people. And all of this, where I think it becomes a quite a tense situation, really, is 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 actually in the heart of the Liverpool manager who has been reluctant in the past to throw money about as well. You know, all these little things you do wonder were where Jurgen Klopp is in his own mind with it? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question because I think um, when I was grumpy when we left money on the table last summer, the, the response I got from people who are less cynical about the ownership than, than I am, well, Klopp didn't want to... This isn't Klopp's style, this is Klopp's methodology. This Klopp didn't want to do it, so Klopp didn't put... It, it's not that they didn't back Klopp, Klopp didn't want so to. So Dembele's a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that he, he would have spent the extra money on Dembele, but he couldn't do it because the player didn't want to come fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. And, and so um, the thing that when Brendan Rodgers started to lose his way, when Brendan Rodgers stopped trying to be Brendan Rodgers, he tried to be something else to save his job. And I, and I think Jurgen Klopp has to be Jurgen Klopp. And it'll be interesting to see what how they got round to the conversation. Let's go and let's go big this summer because just 12 months ago, or less than 12 months ago, um, we were told that categorically that's not his style. It's not his style, though, is it? So? Well, I... What I'm saying is, how does this... So how, sort of do we, how do we square that circle? How do we get here, then, that we're all of a sudden we're announcing the biggest war chest in our history? So that, that's the interesting dilemma. How, how, what was the meeting of minds? Who, 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 who said... Have you got two hundred million to spend? And who? And I, I don't agree with that theory. Truth, truthfully, he bought him a Bile for big money. He bought a Bamiyang for big money. He bought Mkhitaryan for big money. He's never been shy of spending it. But I don't think he's, 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 he paid 34 million for Manny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And twenty. I think that's what he buys. By the way, I think he buys loads of lads who are who aren't quite absolutely mega stupid. Yeah. I think I think it's a lot of Manny's. Yeah, and I think almost in the way where he's gone. Um, and I'll take them to another level, you know, where there are clubs like Southampton who aren't quite Champions League clubs or whatever. I'll, I'll bring this lad from San Etienne and I'll put him on the world stage, Aubameyang, yeah. you know. Um, and he's done that well. Picked Mkhitaryan up from, was it Ukraine or something somewhere? Puts him on the world stage, but makes him a better footballer in the process. And I think I think that's sort of where, that's what Liverpool want. They're not, they're not, they're not scared of spending the £35 million pounds 
you know, we paid 20 million for Lazar Markovic. You thought Brendan Rodgers thought he could have had a similar impact on him that he had Raheem Sterling. I think Liverpool want that where you go, okay, you're at a sort of seventh to tenth side. You're their outstanding player. You know, there was loads of talk on tour player in the week about Sean Wright Phillips. You know, that that sort of lad where he's the big fish at a small club. And you come to this club and you come in and you, we'll make you better, but also you could then maybe go to Barcelona, like Coutinho is sort of at that level now. So that, that that's where I think he wants to be. Um, I, but, you know, I think um, Obama Young four years ago was 25, 30 million pounds. So he has spent it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, it'd be interesting to see what they mean by, by spending big because mm. it, it's interesting because you're right, Mane was a relatively big buy last season, but he didn't, it's a terrible benchmark, but our our, our, tre- our, our record transfer still remains to be Andy Carroll. Mm. And that was seven years ago we, we transferred Andy Carroll. So we haven't broken that record when the the, the the trajectory of the sort of the inflation in the market, if you like, the market's moved so much that the, 50, the the 35 million we paid for Andy Carroll in today's money is probably more like spending 60 or 70, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and we've, we've not even broke it net of deflation, gross of deflation, if you, if you like. So I wonder whether by spending big, they mean we're going to go 60, 70, which might be the equivalent of, of of that type of that type of spend versus the market, or whether they mean we're gonna we're gonna break our thirty five, which we established th- seven or eight years ago. I think it's more the total of what they're gonna spend rather than yeah. how much they're gonna spend on one player, because I think what we need more than anything is numbers. I, I agree with that, but I think we also need quality. I think the concern I've got... We need, we need numbers on quality. We need them yeah. to be quality numbers because the manager's not going to carry any passengers. Yeah. That's been crystal clear. For instance, he could have kept Joe Allen. Yeah. As an yeah. example, he's a perfectly serviceable Premier League player. If we're looking for lads to just bring in and out, more than happy to make an argument for Joe Allen. He improved right on him though, didn't he? But he improved, well, yeah. say he improved on him, but you could, you could argue he could have kept Joe Allen and kept Van Alden. Yes. And, and then and had Joe Allen now, for instance, yeah. to play the Merseyside Derby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's, but he's not, he's not interested in doing that. He'd rather, so that means that he, he wants just not just numbers, but he wants quality numbers. Yeah, I'd pay a premium for fitness as well because we've got, yeah. too, we've got yeah. too many players in that squad at the moment that you can't guarantee are going to get 30 games a season. So we, we've got a forward line that has players with known risk associated with the fitness. We're, obviously, Daniel Sturridge. We've had Danny Ings coming back from a major, major injury. Um, Divock Origi's had not, not a one big injury, but spells out yeah. several times a season. And I think we've gone into this season lighting, covering that, hoping hoping that that'll be covered. And I think I think next season we've got to de-risk the squad squad's yeah. fitness as well as quality. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for now uh, to Paul, Philippa and uh, to John. After the break, we're going to be talking to Sean Rogers and looking forward to the game at the weekend about how he thinks that both Everton and Liverpool will set up. Before then, just a very, very quick shout out before we get into the divisive football talk about supporting food banks, the unique partnership between Everton Supporters Trust of Spirit of Shankly at S Food Banks on the Twitter to announce what they're planning for this weekend. You'll be able to see that on there from this evening. Uh, but in the past, it's been donations all over the Anfield area. If you can, uh, please try to do so at S Food, uh, sorry, at S Food Banks on Twitter. This is the Anfield Wrap. Back after early this week, I spoke to Sean Rogers about how he thinks both Everton and Liverpool will address the Merseyside Derby question, and this is what he had to say. Radio City Talk, Neil Atkinson and Sean Rogers with you before we get back to everyone else. Looking ahead to the Merseyside Derby at the weekend, Liverpool versus Everton. And as ever, Sean, when we have this conversation, we'll start it from an Everton point of view, the opposition. And I think the Everton manager's in a bit of a funny a funny place this season. He's, he's he, gone to, he went to Manchester City early in the season, uh, got a 1-1 draw, but conceded two penalties. Shut up shop, but conceded two penalties. They hung on, they went 1-0 up, but then they were pegged back, finished wall. Uh, then 
There was the game against Chelsea, where again, they went to try to go three at the back, shut up shop, keep it tight, uh, conceded one halfway through the first half and then ended up conceding a shed, a, shed, a hatful, because uh, I can't say shedful, uh, <laughs> and that finished 5-0. And then there's the game at Spurs, where for the first hour, Everton were thoroughly outplayed uh, by Tottenham and found, ended up being very flattered by a, an eventual 3-2 scoreline. But again, went with five centimetres, tried to shut up shop. So if you're the Everton manager, you can say, well, in these games against the sides that are above us, I've gone away from home, I've tried to shut up shop, but it hasn't quite produced, produced the results I want. But then you look at Liverpool, you look at what Liverpool have struggled with at home this season, it's sides who sit deep and go through that sort of process. It's a tough one, isn't it, for Koeman to work out, you know, what, firstly, what's his best way of approaching it? And secondly, what's his best way of approaching it with the resources he's got available? Correct. I mean, it's difficult with, with Liverpool at the moment. We kind of know what we're getting from Jürgen. It's... It's not like when um, it's under, say, Rodgers, Julier and Benitez. For periods, you, you'd have the general gist, but you always knew that was just that potential jack-in-the-box, whether it be a selection, um, a, a different kind of... Whether it be a two-up top or whether it be a partnership thing or even whether it be a completely different system. Um, under Jürgen, we, we don't have that quite same vibe. We kind of know or think we know at least a thing. That it's going to be a 4-3-3, lots of attacking, lots of pressing, you know, trying to get the full-backs forward, the front three being quite narrow. And really, the only thing to discuss with Jürgen is his selection, and, and I'm sure we will discuss that, and you'll be discussing that at length ahead of the weekend. So quite often, I think, when you preview a, a game involved in Liverpool at the moment, it's quite interesting, actually, to look at, or more interesting to look at what the opposition manager and what the opposition team are going to do. Now, Everton, under Koeman, when they went to Tottenham, they were so narrow. It was unbelievable. Um, and I think they were a 4-3-2-1 that day. If you, yeah. if you were, They had Barkley and Davies whizzing around in behind Lukaku, if you like. Now, it's a difficult one because in theory, that's quite good tactics against Liverpool to be narrow, to have, a, to, to have probably quite a workman-like midfield, but with some energy to get up and support Lukaku. But Tottenham excelled against it in periods of that game, in periods... And I think in the game of Goodison, he paid us a huge amount of respect. Most managers have. Mm. It'll be interesting now. I, it's weird. I think this is a bit of a free hit for Koeman. I think the Everton fans have had such a bad record against Liverpool and such a bad time at Anfield that, you know, what's he got to lose? They're not, they're not in a battle where he's like, oh, I've got, to, I've, I've got to jump four or five places in the league. Otherwise, I've got a problem on my hands. He's not competing for Champions League places either. It's a bit of a free hit for him. So I don't think he's that kind of manager from from his time, from the time I've seen of him at Valencia and Ajax and what I've read about him. Normally away from home, he's quite conservative. Yeah. So not being too boring about it. I know that one thing he did with Ajax is when they were playing away from home against good opposition, he banned them from crossing the ball down the side to the penalty area as an example. Because if, if the opposition team headed it away, they had too many men ahead of the ball. The counter-attack was on. He didn't want to commit that many men forward. Things like that. So he put a lot of restrictions on Ajax, which is weird when you're an Ajax manager and you think of Cruyff and things like that. You wouldn't they kind of expect that kind of methodology, I suppose, away from home. So, I mean, it'll be really intriguing to see what he does. I think he, he, I think he will go for something similar to Tottenham. And I think he'll want to be narrow. I think he'll want to pack the midfield. I think he'll want a very workmanlike mid midfield in there. Probably one of the intriguing things coming ahead of the weekend is one of Everton's most solid positions is now available at right back due, due you know, to the terrible injury to Coleman. But at the same time, 
it's going to be really intriguing as to what Klopp does because we haven't got Lalana, and obviously he's got a big call to make as to whether he moves Coutinho in or whether he doesn't, and 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 how do Liverpool best expose any potential weakness in the Everton back four that may or may not be down that down that flank? And if Everton do play narrow, then it, the way home might be against their fullbacks. On the idea of how they approach it, I think that that's. The one thing, the question mark for them is Schneidlin, uh, with Schneidlin's yeah. fitness. Uh, that's you know that's up in the air because he can't quite then go with the what he had at Spurs. That, that opportunity, that option's gone for him. So he's, he's that becomes tougher for him again. And then and then as you're saying, the idea of getting at their fullbacks, where for instance you feel as though Baines now with the age that he is, he's not looked good for two or three seasons if if you can turn him round. But again, to me, all of this suggests regardless of what they do in centre midfield, it also suggests to me they're going to sit very deep indeed because they're not going to want to have the opportunity of Liverpool running off the back of Baines. Funes Mori picks up an injury in international duty. They're not going to want to give Liverpool the opportunity to run behind Jack Yelka either. And uh, you can even make that, <clears throat> make that point of Ashley Williams. They're not going to be comfortable with that. And I just sort of think events with reference to fitness, I think... Yeah, I, I think that Everton would like to approach it the way they approach Spurs. I just think that they may well end up thinking, you know what we'll do? We'll do what we did against Manchester City. And that yeah. Manchester City side, they got the 1-1 against. They were in a good run of form at the time. And uh, yes, there was the two penalties given away, but they, there wasn't a ton of other opportunities throughout the course of the first hour of the game. And I just sort of think we, we'll back ourselves to get something from a set piece, to get something from Ricardo turning them round. I, I wonder if that ends up being with all the events that he's got to deal with, the logical conclusion. A hundred percent. I I think that you're going to see, I think he's going to back Lukaku. Um, and I think I, you saw a little bit of this at Goodison as well, that I think you'll see him have spells in the game where he's playing on both centre-halves. I think Liverpool can't really win on this one. If Lovren's fit uh, and, and he's selected to play, they, they'll probably, I'd have a good run against Lovren for 20 minutes and just test how fit he actually is and, and how he settles back into that back four. At the same time, if you put Clavin in there as an example, or although it's unlikely, Lucas as an example, you're going to see Lukaku have a good 20 minutes against him. So I think you're definitely going to see them look to spring with Lukaku and get him in behind. And I think you'll see him play on, on one of our centre, whoever the left-sided centre-half is for the first 20. And depending on how that goes, he might go on to Matip. I think it's interesting with Baines that He's had a really tough time against us over the years. I mean, Cout really Cout against um, Dirk against Baines and Everett. I thought used to play fa- play them fantastically well in in a just a really clever tactical way. And and I think when you've got Mane there, we said this a lot. I wish we could have two Manes, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see what we do with Mane because I, I think there's an argument that that you give Mane in the first half a little run on their left side. Uh, you'd have to see how the game pans out, but I, there might be a, a lot depends on what he does with Coutinho, to be honest. Well, what would you do with Coutinho? Uh, what I would do in this particular game, I, I would play Coutinho central, and I think I would put a Rigi, a Rigi, well, I would say to Rigi and Firmino, I'd maybe tempted to keep Firmino central and play a Rigi left, and then say, look, you may get the nod, or you may want to yourself, to be honest, but you may get the nod around the 20-minute mark just to have a little switch, just to have a, a little look at it. Or you could move the Ridgey right, Mane left. You can move that front three around a lot easier, I think, than you can. I think Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, you're quite limited, in a sense, as to what you can do with that front three. I think with the loss of Lallana, I'd put Coutinho in there. I mean, he's played in more than enough of these games now anyway. I think you look at some of the injuries and, and, and the way that Evan play under Koeman, I don't think it's going to be as brutal a game as 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 the sort of um, the noughties, if you want to use that terminology. Yeah. So I'd, be, I'd certainly, and also in the run of games we've got coming, 
certainly against the bottom 10, bottom 12, home and away, I think we need Coutinho in that central position. So for me, I, I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll play... I think he'll play a strong midfield three. And if he can, he'll get Henderson in there, if at all possible. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Wijnaldum, Henderson and Chan in that midfield. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But me personally, I'd like to see Coutinho I, in the centre. I wonder if there's one of those instances where we're going to see Henderson play against Everton and then probably not play against Bournemouth and maybe not even play against Stoke. Mm-hmm. I sort of wonder if they could, it could end up being that sort of that sort of selection here for Henderson where he's, he's roused from whatever from from whatever slumber he's exactly. in. And so he's got to go, you've got to, you've got to do this one. And the other problem he's got is Henderson pretty much all season, as Jürgen would say, played at the, as the six. Now, Emre has actually had a really solid game against Manchester City. I think that's one of his best performances of the season. There's an argument that in games like this, Emre's more suited to play as the six anyway. So it'll be really, what do you do? Do you, do you turn around to someone who's, who's played really well there recently and go, I'm sorry, mate, I'm moving you. Jordan's coming back in our fifth with one leg. Yeah. Or do you say to Jordan Anderson, Emre's done well there. Actually, you're coming back from a bit of an absence here. I'm going to play you in a more prominent position, um, which you'd probably really enjoy and, and, and be quite fresh for him. But my view is, I, I think in a, in a balanced midfield, if you've got any two from Wijnaldum, Chan, Henderson, in a game like this, I think you've got enough about you to get away with a Lalana or to, to a greater extent a Coutinho in there. Klopp might think, do you know what, that's an option for the last half hour. But, but the problem is we don't see Coutinho in the last half hour, especially with him coming back from Brazil. For me, I'd like to see him start in that central position. Very quick, uh, Woodburn. There's yeah. um, Omen and Aaron that Woodburn might, might, might one way or another get, get, get selection in this. That'd feel a little like the Liverpool manager thinking... It feels a slight uh, bit of a roll of the dice. I think. I think. It's, I think it's intriguing. I think it's sort of got, it's got got a few romantic sort of heads heads moving with it. It's, it, but it'd be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I think if Woodburn played, um, and I'm not saying for one minute yet, like it would be a deliberate move, but I think subconsciously it would be for some other reason. Whether that's whether that's because he just does so well at training that you kind of go in. This kid, this lad really need, he deserves a go, if you know what I mean. Irrelevant of whether it's a derby. We saw with Trent being thrown in at Old Trafford. Um, look, that was the easy thing to do because he's back up right back. But there are a lot of... We've seen it look, at Liverpool with Benitez and Julio. We've seen a lot of players have to fill in in mad positions before. It wouldn't have been the first time we'd have put a more experienced player having to play out of position at full-back. I think with the Woodburn move, you've got enough options there, I think. Um, the only thing you would possibly say is if you've got no Lallana and there's and, and Henderson just is not ready. Yeah, you you may maybe maybe you've got a decision to make there. But for me, you still have maybe Coutinho Central or Ridgie left or, or whatever for me. I, I think with the Woodburn thing, it'd be I think it'd be the wrong move for him. I think after the Wales call up, I do not think Liverpool were happy with that whatsoever. Um I think you can tell from the tone of some of the comments that come out that Very they're not so. delighted with that at all. To then throw him into this game. And make it look like he's really at the big time. I think you just. I think he's one for the bench and an option. And we haven't got many options off the bench, so I think for him it would. You'd have to be brought on last ten, fifteen, okay. hopefully from winning position. <laughs> okay, this is the Anfield wrap with Sean Rogers. Uh, don't worry, I'm back with everyone else in a second. Talking over you, chatting Joe on the song. What's it like? Uh, Paul Phillip and John back in a second. Before that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Five Times Five Times uh, They've got some events coming up there in Australia. They're not just in Australia, but in Australia, Perth, Sydney, Wellington, Brisbane, and Adelaide. I'm well aware of the fact that Wellington is indeed in New Zealand on the 12th, 13th, 17th, 18th, and 19th of April. But just go to Five Times If you've got friends, uh, neighbours. Um, 
family even out in Australia give them a shout and say if they want to get down to any of those events there should be fantastic nights opportunities to meet greet and then listen to Didier Mann Luis Garcia John Anarisa and Jersey Dudek all in Australia from the 12th to the 19th of April uh, fivetimes.co.uk and they've got Robbie Fowler coming up in Sheffield something in Liverpool that calls a gala dinner on the 8th of on the 8th of May on the 11th of May they're in Cardiff with Garcia Schmitz and Risa uh, so they're busy 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 over at five times so if you get the opportunity to go uh, fivetimes.co.uk uh, back now to talk about the Merseyside Derby uh, the 793rd edition uh, coming up this weekend <laughs> and the it's not Merseyside Derby it's going to be dominated by injuries Philippa uh, Everton haven't got Schneiderlin and Coleman uh, Liverpool find themselves at Lallana and Henderson and a lot of the question marks around the game the intrigue around the game is how each manager will compensate for those who are missing I think Everton's problems are slightly um, more severe than ours as well because I don't think... I think they'll probably play Holgate at right back um, and then I think McCarthy's out as well in midfield. Mm-hmm. So they're going to probably end up playing Garner Gay with possibly Gareth Barry, which I think can only be good news for us, um, and Tom Davis probably. Um, and I think... <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of talk about, like, obviously we're, we're going to be without Lalana this weekend, which obviously is a big miss for us. But it's only one change from the team that we played in the last game. So, you know, hopefully it won't be too too bad for us. I, I, I'm going to argue that I think I think Lallana's the bigger miss to both sides. I think um, through the spell when we never had him, we've seen quite how integral he is to, to how we play. He, he, leads, he leads the press. He leads the energy in the midfield for Liverpool. Um... I understand Everton have got injuries, but you know Tom Davis coming in for. Well, I think Tom Davis would have started ahead of McCarthy, for example. Coleman's obviously a loss. You know we're we're playing without our captain. <laughs> that, that, that that that's it. We're, our two best midfielders aren't playing in in a game that's often won in the midfield. So um, yeah, I think I think we're. Gonna find it difficult to to win that midfield. I'm glad McCarthy's not playing because until he got injured in. Um, the, the reverse fixture. He was. He's not. I don't think he's a great footballer, but he, he was all energy in the, in the midfield that didn't have any at the time. Um, so, Garner, I mean, they've got Garner, who's obviously at a. You know, he's like a coiled spring. He's he's just pure energy. So he'll he'll compensate for a loss of that, surely. But I I honestly think Liverpool. So how do you solve it? How do you solve it? Well, my my thought was about Coutinho going back into the three and trying to give a bit of that. But then I'd rather have, you know, we're at home, I'd rather have our most potent three in attack. I, I think Lucas, Chan and Wijnaldum. So Coutinho, one goal and 15 is our most potent threat. No, but he, he's, he's he's the assist before that. For me, for me no Mane are, are the goal scorers on the, on the pitch for, for Liverpool. They're 20, what, 23, 24 goals between them this season. So I'm not not too worried. But then you can turn that conversation and say, I think they've got them goals in one position. So... Yeah, we'll miss we're missing Coutinho's goals, but he did get one for Brazil in the week, which which I celebrated like a Liverpool goal because I think he needed one. Um, which hopefully is that is shown that he is coming back. He looked a bit better against Man City, so fingers crossed he is now raring to go. Johnny, I'll just solve it. Um, I, I had a look at it. I think, I think it probably will rely on, on Phil dropping back in. 
mate, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, put, I put Lucas in and then started to worry a little bit about Lucas because I think we're starting to see the, the tail end of Lucas's career. And uh, um, I, I went back and forth on the subject, but uh, I think I think Phil's played himself into a bit of form now. I, you need him on the pitch and you like to see him in dangerous areas. And, um, I don't know whether he's got 90 minutes in, it, in his legs. I wonder whether he changes the system completely. I I, I was speaking with uh, with Rob Gutman yesterday and wonder whether he goes a diamond. You know, we played that earlier on in the season and, yeah. and go Firmino or Mane as a two. And then, you know, Lucas Holden with um, Chan and Wijnaldum on the, on the sides of a diamond with Coutinho behind that too. I wonder whether I mean, this is back to a shape. conversation that there's not actually a huge difference between four three three the way no, he plays some, it and a diamond. That, that, that's, just Lucas, Lucas yeah. being at, at the base yeah. uh, it, it suits a lot more. And then yeah, you can yeah. maybe say to Klein and, and Milner, get up a bit more, and, and Lucas will drop in as a third so centre. Everton are vulnerable at the back, and 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 I think rather than, I think we've got to bear that in mind. I think if we can if we can get up there and get in their face quite quite early, win the early battles, get get it get 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 in. Get, Get, get an early goal. I think it. I think it, change, it changes the game. It changes the game. They've got no Schneidlin. Um, they've got uh, no no McCarthy. So I, I think things. There's an and no Funes Mori. I mean, when Josh comes on the yeah. others, Philip. When, when, when Johnny's talking about that, about what they've got at the back, uh, they're bringing Holgate, who's a centre half, and he'll play right back. And it's Jack Yelka who'll go next to Williams. Yeah. And that to me suggests that it's going to be an Everton side that are going to end up sitting pretty deep because they can't take the risk of pushing out with Williams yeah, and Jack Yelker as the centre-half too. Yeah, because they can't cope with the pace and, you know, if they've got barriers like the holding midfielder, which I'm, I can only presume is the only option that they've got now to, to play. Um, and uh, part of me wonders whether or not it's worth putting somebody like Grujic in. You know, a completely different option who's, you know, tall has been playing well. I think he'll be well in, for the first time I think he while, will yeah. be and... You know, I do wonder, I mean, maybe it is an option off the bench, you know, 20 minutes to go, throwing somebody on like him or... But, you know, it is another option there. It's a statement of the obvious, but they're in blinding form, Everton. I, I, it passed me by, really, until I started looking at it. They, they, they've... Since, lost the top lost since we beat them, I think. Uh, since since, since we right? beat them, they've lost one, yeah, drawn yeah. three. So they, they, they've, they've, they've done incredibly well in that time. We, during that time, we've we've lost three. And had four draws. But four past City, didn't he? To, yeah. be, to beat Arsenal yeah, yeah. as well. Both, both They've almost got form. Both like ours hand, in the first half of the season. They're knocking up 2.25 points a game since we beat them. So, so they're, in, they're in really, really good form. I see something yesterday. If, this, if the league starts in January, they're top and yeah. we're 10th. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that sort of puts mm. the, the form perspective. I mean, our January distorts our recent form, yeah. um, which which has been good. You know, I thought we were great against City. Unlucky not to get all three points. Do it about Same 17, back 18 points Burnley. behind, aren't they? And, and then yes. they, 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 they could conceivably be three points behind us if they win this weekend. Mm. Um, so, so are they going to win this weekend, Paul? No, absolutely not. Um, no, I don't see it. Um, and because I think at home we are absolutely mustard, and we have been. All season, bar Swansea. Um, Give me a prediction. I think if we score first, we'll comfortably beat them. Um, 3 1 is what I've been thinking. Philippa? 2 1. Liverpool? Yep. John? 4 1, Liverpool. Uh, okay, this has been the Anfield Wrap, the weekend of the Merseyside Derby. Whatever you, whatever you're doing for the weekend, go to theanfieldwrap.com to get everything that's going on with reference to the club. Everything written down uh, before, during, and after the game. There's an excellent preview there from Rob Gutman, currently sitting there as well. Uh, you get my review as well, and all the home and away stuff, all the match ratings, everything that you need. Plus, also a tour player 
uh, com. We'll have everything that you need on that as well. So that's the Anfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe. If you haven't already from there, you can see everything that we're doing there over the weekend, post-match shows, so on and so forth. Should hopefully have a good guest for that one. Excuse me, lined up. And also, uh, we'll be doing all the stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Everywhere you need, the Anfield Wrap has got the Merseyside Derby covered. Thank you very much to Sean, to Paul, to Philippa and to John. Uh, that is the Anfield Wrap on the weekend that Liverpool do the decent thing. They get the results against Everton, but Merseyside Derbies are only going to get tougher. Sports Social Podcast Network.